Hey everybody, you're listening to Life Below the Surface, presented by Carriage Kia. The podcast where we take you on a deeper dive into the lives of the animals at Georgia Aquarium and the people who care for them. Coming up on this episode. Yeah, imagine an animal that's just kind of been through the ringer and he still comes to people for help, right? Like he trusts you. In my opinion, that's one of the coolest reasons why a new exhibit gets built. Yeah, to course correct, right? Oh, Oh, these guys need a home. Exactly. Let's build it. And so I've been a water baby my whole life. Um, I really love aquatic animals since I started looking around, and Georgia Aquarium really fit that bill for me. And then they found him chasing people down the beach, right? He was walking up to people that are having picnics in San Francisco. I'm Josh Blaylock. For the past 20 years, I've been in the zoological community. I was an animal care specialist for 15 of those years, caring for sea lions, dolphins, otters, walruses, birds, and a wide variety of different species. And now I'm very happy to be the senior manager of exhibits and projects here at Georgia Aquarium. In this podcast, I'm going to introduce you to some of my amazing co-workers and tell you some behind-the-scenes stories of how Georgia Aquarium works. This is Life Below the Surface, presented by Carriage Kia. Life Below the Surface is presented by Carriage Kia in Woodstock. Carriage is Georgia's leading Kia dealer and one of the top dealers in the entire nation. Service, community, and education are hallmarks of Carriage Kia in Woodstock. When it's time for you to lease or purchase your new vehicle, we hope you'll consider Carriage Kia in Woodstock. Check them out 24-7 at carriagekiawoodstock.com. I'm really excited about today's episode because we're gonna take a conversational journey to the coast of California and come right back here to Atlanta and talk about a species that is near and dear to my heart. I spent 10 years of my life, 10 years of my career caring for this amazing species. And of course, I'm talking about the endearing, the lovable, the hilarious California sea lion. With today's episode, I'm being joined by a gentleman with probably one of the longest titles in the entire aquarium. I'm being joined by Andy Madigan, who is the director of Zoological Operations Animal Training Pinnipeds. Did I get that right? You got it right. Is there any other words we could potentially add in there? I think I'm sure there are a lot, but yeah. Yeah, I think we reached our We're good with that. Yeah. So it definitely uh, pretty much explains uh, what your job is, Andy, but thank you very much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Good to be here. What I would like to do, uh, kind of to, as we kind of get going, is can you just tell us a little bit about, about how you got started and, you know, kind of end it with uh, how did you end up with taking care of sea lions? Yeah. So how I got started in the field, it's a bit different for most people. I, I, I was down in Mexico um, doing some scuba diving stuff, working for a dive company in Puerto Vallarta. And then I started volunteering at a, at a facility there that had dolphins. It was a swim with dolphin program. So I started volunteering there, and then they hired me on as an apprentice. I fell in love with it, fell in love with the animals, uh, loved working uh, with animal behavior around the water, in the water. And that was in 98 and been doing it ever since. Very cool. Yeah. I think a, kind of a cool little anecdote, especially about this episode, is that uh, you know you and I actually worked together for for several years? You were my boss. Yeah, yeah. Remember when you were my boss? Yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a great time. So Andy and I both joined uh, joined the aquarium uh, roughly at, at about the the same time there. That transition from 2015. Yeah, and yeah, into, uh, yeah, into 2016. Yeah, I started at the aquarium in December of 2015. Yeah, 
Yeah, it would have been 2015 because then I wasn't yeah. that far behind you. I started right after the new year. Right after the new year down there. Yeah, yeah. We had a lot to do when we first started. Yeah, the animals were brand new. Our gallery wasn't even built yet. Uh, animals were all brand new. Most of them were rescued, all coming in from uh, California, fresh off the plane or off the boat, whatever you want to say. But yeah, they were all rescued. They were living out there. I was actually with them at a time. I was working at the Six Flags Discovery Kingdom in Vallejo, California out there. And uh, four of the animals that we have here right now started at Six Flags as a halfway house. So what they did is they came on from the uh, rescue facility. Uh, we had like 16 animals that were going off to other facilities and at Six Flags, we were a halfway house for them. So we were able to care for all these animals and kind of take care of them before they started going off to the other facilities to join people in their forever home. Uh, and then four of those guys were out there with us, Jupiter, Scout, Beck, and Neptune. They're all there with us. And then they came out to Georgia and I shortly followed them. Honestly, I've known you for six years and yeah. we worked together for three of those six years. I don't think I ever knew that. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I ever knew that, that, that you actually knew some of these guys before they, before they came here. That's really cool. Yeah, and Jupiter? Jupiter, he was like the star. He was the last of the 16 that we had there. Neptune actually joined Jupiter. And a funny story about Neptune, his name before was Cletus. Uh, but we changed it to Neptune. But he joined Jupiter straight from a rescue facility. But Jupiter was like the best little guy he was out there we, he was super fat right these animals they were starving to death they were deemed non-releasable so they had a pretty tragic start so our job really when they were there was at, with us at six flags was just to fatten them up get them happy get them nice and roly-poly like uh so we got them all fattened up and jupiter he was just the star of the show he'd come up he would just eat his fill and then he'd go into his crate and just go to sleep that's all he did all day long was come in eat his fill, go in his crate, and then pass out. I, I think he was probably the smartest one. He yeah, kind of had yeah. it made. Yeah, he had it made. It was good. And it's, it's funny. I know we're going to probably talk about him a little bit later on in this episode, but you, you, you brought up Neptune, yeah. who I know for the both of us, of all the animals we've worked with, he's, he's kind of up there on our list of, of potential favorites. Oh, he's definitely a favorite. Yeah. And for those of you that, that have maybe seen Neptune in one of our presentations or have seen him on Animal Planet or, you know, from from old social media things that the aquarium has done. Neptune is a, is a very special little guy. We'll get into his story a little bit later, but I don't think any name actually really sums, sums up Neptune better than his original name, which is Cletus. Yeah. Yeah. If any California sea lion could be Cletus. <laughs> it's definitely Neptune. It's Neptune. Neptune is 100% a Cletus. So yeah. actually, you know what? That, yeah. What do they, what, what do they say? Bless his heart. That's a very Southern, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, 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 that's yeah. how the Atlanta folks treat Neptune is yep. bless his heart. So actually that might be this, the, the, the perfect kind of segue. You mentioned several of our rescues there. It's probably a, a cool idea to kind of dive into some of those a little bit, kind of share uh, some of their stories, you know, Scout, Beck, Jupiter, Neptune. Uh, do you remember what Scout and Beck, um, what their original stranding was? I believe with those two, it was kind of that, uh, you know, kind of neonatal, the, the mother just never came back kind of situation. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. That, uh, that's Scout, Beck, Jupiter, even Diego. Diego, back in uh, a long time ago, he was the same way too, right? Um, 2005. But they're all neonatal. They're part of the 2015 unusual mortality event, right? And so 
what they thought was happening. There was just not enough food. So moms were birthing and then they were going out too far. Couldn't find enough food to come back uh, or find food in time to come back. And so the babies were all kind of out there starving. Scott and Beck were about that same uh, thing. Um, And it's probably good just to go over what makes them non-releasable. So these guys are rescued, they're rehabilitated, and then they're released. Now, if they strand again, then they're marked, right? They're all tagged so they know which animals are which. If they strand again, the rescue rehabilitate them and then release them. Um, and then if they strand again, depending on kind of what that behavior is, they're usually deemed non-releasable just because they're showing signs that they're not able to survive on their own. So that's when NOAA fisheries come in since it is a protective species, right? Marine mammals are protected uh, and sea lions are, are on that list. They're deemed non-releasable by the government. So NOAA says they're not releasable, so two things can happen, right? They're either euthanized or they find a place to place them for a forever home. And so, you know, Georgia Aquarium was able to step up and give these guys a home. Right. And it's, you, you mentioned NOAA fisheries there. Um, NOAA, which is of course the National Oceanic Atmospheric Administration. It's a very, very large department of our government. One of the things that, that NOAA uh, does quite a bit is, uh, is weather forecasting, hurricanes, you know, that kind of deal. And I know in 2015, the reason for such the extensive uh, unusual mortality event of not just uh, California sea lions, but, you know, elephant seals, harbor seals. It was a thing there. There's a very large El Nino event. Yeah. And basically what, what El Nino does is El Nino is a warming of the naturally cold Pacific, which makes all the cold water upwellings very, very sparse. So you had mentioned that the, the moms are going further out to sea. It's basically because to get those nutrient-rich waters, the prey goes far out to sea where it's where it's colder you know it warms up the water so much that those nutrients don't make it to the surface and all the prey the squids the fishes all that kind of stuff is is moving out there so the 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 predators like the sea lions that are so attached to the coast have to venture further and further away to go get that food and and they're burning more energy they're not taking in as much energy so the the mother's milk isn't as sustaining for the for the babies it's kind of just a a really it's a kind of an understatement it's really bad timing yeah when that happens, yeah yeah you know? exactly hey you're born but i got to take off for a week to go get exactly food just to sustain myself and the yeah. milk just wasn't there so very well put yeah we we haven't had a huge el nino event i don't think since 2015 so there hasn't been quite the extent of the animals that needed rescuing but uh you know, a very little known kind of aquarium fact as well is that the, the sea lion uh, space here, Pier 225, was originally intended to be a different gallery. And then this event happened and there was a huge course correction. And halfway through the construction of, I believe it's going to be uh, kind of a, a sea turtle exhibit uh, yep. kind of deal. Yep. Um, the, the kind of the powers that be saw this event was happening, saw there were so many sea lions that were either going to, you know, not find homes and be euthanized or needed to find homes. And that's in my opinion, that's one of the coolest reasons why a new exhibit gets built. Yeah, to, to course correct, right? Oh, yeah. oh, these guys need a home. Exactly. Let's build it. And to be able to shift gears when you're already in construction of a fully approved thing. You know, there's guys in there with, <laughs> you know, doing construction. Yeah. And the, yeah. yeah. The, the turtle people might not have been as happy, but <laughs> yeah. and I'll tell you what, the sea lions are pretty happy. I'm now joined by Carly Pope and Kelsey Ta for everyone's favorite segment, Fin Files. Let's dive right into the fun facts, ladies. What do you have for me today? So Josh, today we're talking about California sea lions and rescue stories and things like that. Um, so we were reading up a little bit on pinnipeds and when a California sea lion is rescued as a pup, do you have to teach them how to swim or does that come automatically? I think from my experience, 
it's a little bit of both. They're encouraged to get in the water by their, by their mothers. Their mothers will call to them and they will call back. And that initial kind of dunk into the water can be a little scary, a little stressful for a pup that's never been in the water before. But after a while, and thanks to the, the, the coaching from the mother, they actually pick it up very, very quickly, and then it becomes almost second nature to them. That's amazing, because we found out that some of these animals, um, pinnipeds in general, can actually dive more than a thousand feet down in search of food and things like that on the seafloor. So it seems like that's a pretty steep learning curve. That's exciting. That's very exciting. I mean, to put that into perspective, that, that is about the, uh, that depth is roughly about the height of the Eiffel Tower. So if you think about how far down they have to go to find their food, that is pretty darn deep. And if you're a, a you know a younger sea lion pup, I can only imagine what that that first dive down to those depths yeah. might actually be like. That's really really cool. So, well, ladies, thank you so much for joining us today. Stay tuned, everybody, for the next Fin Files. The animals get rescued. They're obviously cared for by the incredible rescue organizations. Uh, several that were uh, that we're kind of affiliated with. We have a good partnership with the Pacific Marine Mammal Center in Laguna Beach being one of them. Mm -hmm. um, I actually had the opportunity during my time still uh, here at Sea Lion, um, I got to go to Laguna Beach, got to go to California for the first time, and uh, I got to go get Hunter and bring yeah. Hunter back to Atlanta. Yeah. When we talk about Scout and Beck, theirs was more of, if you can even classify it, as more of a typical type of pup yeah. stranding. We stranded multiple times, showing that they don't have the ability to survive on their own, deemed non-releasable. Yeah. Right. So now we get to... About one year old, right? This is when they're all one year old, yeah, like very just after being born. Youngsters. So that brings us to Jupiter and Neptune, whose story is a little bit a little bit different. Yeah. And we'll, we'll end with Hunter. So uh, can you tell us, uh, you spent a lot of time with him. He was the rock star there at yeah. Six Flags. What was Jupiter's, uh, what was his... So Jupiter was part of the same UME. So he was part of that same crew, young animal. He was rehabilitated though. Um, and then instantly, so he probably more or less had an... Uh, was imprinted on humans for food. So at the at the rescue centers, they try as hard as they can not to have the animals look towards people for food, right? Um, to give them food, to provide them food, uh, but sometimes they do. Jupiter's just one of those guys. So he saw people for food. Uh, he saw people, he's like, these guys are gonna give me some food. I can't find it on my own. So what happened is he was released. And then they found him chasing people down the beach, right? He was walking up to people that are having picnics in San Francisco. Uh, he's just looking for food. Uh, and then he's kind of chasing after him, like, hey, where are you going? People are running away. They don't know what this wild animal is doing. Um, and he's chasing after him down the beach and pretty much just wanted to get their picnic food. He's like, hey, you guys are the ones that feed me. Help me out. So when that happened a couple times, you know, the fisheries come in and they're like, he's imprinted on people, right? So he's coming to people. So he needs to go to home, right? I remember during our presentations i'm sure you, you guys still still tell that story um you know it, it's it that almost was a bit of a kind of a comical relief kind of moment yeah, in the show exactly you're you're picturing this little fat chubby sea lion pup you know chasing aunt judy and uncle bob well, not down so the fat beach. and chubby at the time but yeah uh, or a little skinny but yeah a year old maybe like 60 pounds this little thing uh and people it, it, and if you see sea lions run it's a crack up, right? Especially down the beach. They have flippers, not like they have like legs or anything. So, you know, using their flippers, running down a beach, chasing after people and all he wants is some food. Uh, yeah, but people don't know what to do. Yeah. Which and is actually good. That's a good response as well to run from them uh, because you're not supposed to interact with them. Right. And it, you kind of touched on something there too. And that's most sea lion presentations, uh, you know, 
anywhere you you can see them. The shows are typically just a little bit more comical. Yeah. And I think that's that built in uh, almost. I hear someone refer to it as with those flippers on land. Sea lions have kind of those built in clown shoes. <laughs> well put. Yeah. So yeah. it's just, it's that it's that goofiness of of kind of watching the move on land, but yeah. the 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 real sea lion and i think what's amazing about the presentation you guys do and the one that, that we started doing so many years ago was that it, it kind of started off with uh yeah these guys are kind of kind of funny kind of you know they have that that goofy type of thing that that people can relate to but then when we really got into the like the adaptations sequence to show off just how incredible and athletic and skilled yeah. and whatever that these animals truly are that was a really kind of a special moment that exactly i remember people actually saying i had no idea that sea lions could actually do that yeah yeah so that was yeah always cool to to to, to kind of think about that and you know when we talk about animals with different perceptions things like that of course you think about sharks with the worst perception but then it's almost like uh, sea lions get that that comical perception and then dolphins get that people of the sea type of perception exactly and uh it's funny as you get to know them a little bit better you kind of realize that it's there's a lot more to it than just that simple personification really exactly yeah we're able to showcase all of that and you know when they pop up in front of people they realize how big they are right getting up to 500 pounds seeing how fast they can actually move how high they can actually jump uh and just their agility and power people are like oh that's a pretty powerful clown yeah, well, a, they, they can move too. those clown shoes pretty well. <laughs> yeah, so okay, so that's uh, that, that's that's Jupiter there, and now let's talk about let's let's talk about our buddy Neptune. Neptune. Yeah, Neptune. So Neptune's story was pretty good. He ne wasn't necessarily part of the UME, even though he was rescued at the same time. But he's a year older than the other guys when they came in. Uh, but his story, he, he's kind of uh, so he was first rescued up in. Uh, San Francisco area in the Bay Area, right? Rescued, rehabilitated, released. Then they rescued him again down in Southern California around Long Beach, around that area, right? Rescued, rehabilitated, and released. Or this might actually be backwards. He might have started in Southern California, then up to the Bay Area, because then when they rescued him again, he was back down in Southern California. But he traveled all up and down this coast, right? Uh, and, and then when they rescued him that, that third time, he was all caught up in fishing gear, had fishing lines and, and fishing hooks in his flippers, right? He was all caught up in all kinds of fishing gear. And then when they did x-rays on him, he has shrapnel, bullet fragments in his head, right? So this guy, this guy went through it, man. He traveled up and down the coast, out in the ocean, trying to find food every way he could, potentially, we're just assuming, got in some fishing gear, people tried to get rid of him, shot him, and he survived. Right. And now he's here with us. That's, you know, not with to all his funny quirks. And, and that's the thing about Neptune, not to have kind of a somber moment. But, uh, you know, you know, just as well as I do to to know Neptune is to love Neptune. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. You, imagine an animal that's just kind of been through the ringer, has been shot and then he still comes to people for help. Right. Like he trusts you. He comes up to you. Uh, he looks at you for for somebody who's get, providing him safety um who's providing him everything he needs to survive right he's comfortable he has other animals to interact with he doesn't have to worry about anything um he never has to worry about getting shot again so yeah coming from a traumatic experience like that and to have a have a guy like that working on your team it's great so i i, I haven't worked directly with with the sea lions now for almost for almost three years but Dang. the very last session uh, that I got to do before kind of switching gears into the exhibits team and, and things like that was my la very last session was of course with Neptune and you, know, you just you just have you, you have these amazing moments with these animals and uh, especially with Neptune when you like you said you think about everything he's been through 
And then you think about him on a day-to-day basis, and you just cannot help but look at that dude and smile. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's just, such a success, too. And he's so silly. Like, who knows if it's because of his traumatic experience, but he has all his little things. Like, when he first came to us, when he ended up joining Jupiter in, uh, in California at Six Flags, Jupiter was calm. He would just come up. He'd eat. Neptune was all over the place energetic, running from everybody, like just had no idea what was going on, right? And then you see him now, his personality is kind of the same. He's a little bit silly, but he loves to please. He's always giving like 110%, even if you don't want him to, right? (laughs) So he's silly. He's like, he's got this personality and it's like no other. And everybody's just like, oh, Neptune, you know? But you have to love him. He's so endearing. He just, again, he, he's so endearing. And he has such a great story. Yeah. Of, of all the sea lions that, that I've ever worked with, he, especially kind of in the, in the presentation style of environment, Neptune taught me so much. Yeah. Just because he would get so excited and you work on a, a behavior with him. Uh, you know, he gets a big reinforcement history. So he's, you know, his, his, his food, his fun is, is coming at the end of these, these training sessions where he's learning all these new things. My favorite thing about him more than any other sea lion that I had presentations with for, for those uh, over those years was that once he got something, once he learned a new behavior, that's all you got. Oh, yeah. It didn't matter what other behavior you asked for. It didn't matter if it was so out of context. It didn't matter if you were, you know, walking him down the hallway to yeah. go get weighed or yeah. in the show walking in front of the guests. If it was something that he's like, oh, wait, we did this yesterday. I'm going to do it again right now. Yeah, check this out. Look what I learned. <laughs> hey, did you see this? Hey, check this out. It's like a kid, right? When he learns something new, he's like, hey, mom, watch this. And he just does it all the time. Like, okay, it's not funny anymore. But you know, but he funny. just does. It is still funny. Yeah. So he's always a great one to have new trainers on with too, because he's, he's like the epitome of animal personalities. All animals are different. They all have their different personalities, right? Again, it's, it's a lot like children. Um, and, and, and they learn differently and, and they pick things up. Now you have most animals are able to get it a certain way, right? He's just different. You have to work with them differently. You have to take different approximations. You have to come at it from different angles, right? You have to have more patience. You have to understand that he's different and you have to kind of cater to those differences. And it's great. It's very hard for some people to do, right? Be like, well, I'm doing this. Why isn't he getting it? Well, he's not understanding it. He's a different animal. Uh, But he's also very good in the fact that he does want to learn. He's always watching. He's always trying to observe. And if if you're taking the time and you're taking the approximations, appropriately to teach him he's there for it right he loves it he loves the game he loves the game of learning um he's just a bit different at times i'm going to kind of put you on the spot here to see if you remember this one so uh we're kind of coming up on uh, the the anniversary of the infamous uh, dragon con presentation that we did and that was for those of you that 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 missed it our little dragon con presentation for those of you that missed it you missed it (laughs) you did miss it it was maybe it'll come out again maybe we'll have you come back oh put a robe on that'd be awesome yeah so it was a kind of a it was for the dragon con crew it was a it was a you know harry potter kind of theme sea lion presentation it was honestly a training session that just had a narration it was just a lot of fun yeah i watched it the other day in kind of preparation for knowing that you and I were going to talk. I don't know if you remember it because it was so long ago now, but during the entire presentation, you had Neptune, of course, and the entire of course. <laughs> entire presentation, Neptune just laid down. He just offered you layout. You're, yeah. Hey, let's do a spin. Yeah. No, lay down. Yeah. Hey, let's do the bounce. Lay down. <laughs> the whole video is everyone else doing the behaviors and everything. It's just Neptune just going down the 
whole time. But yeah, when it, in doubt, I'll just lay down. He had that. He had like two years that that's what you do, right? Is when he was learning, like with you, he's learning blood draws and he was just learning a dorsal layout, which is a behavior we teach him so he can revise their body. It's highly reinforced behavior. Uh, so we give it a lot of reinforcement. It's always rewarded because it's a nice, calm behavior and they're really good at it. Sea lions, you know, pretty much if they're on land, they can be lazy. And so, like you were saying earlier, mm. he learned this, he got reinforced for it. So he's like, uh, I'm not really paying attention. How about if I just lay down? Oh, I'm not paying attention. Lay down. This always seems to work, right? Yeah. The yeah, <laughs> and it's the best in a show when you're just like, hey, check this out. No. <laughs> and that was the wah, best wah. part Yeah, is because we divided the audience so they would cheer for their individual little sea lion pup there. <laughs> and every time Neptune laid down, your crowd just went ballistic. Yeah. And you're like, stop applauding for this. This yeah. is not it. Oh, and they love the applause, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they get applause. They're like, oh, I'm doing something good. Oh, and man. It just keeps it going. So many, so many good memories. And that's the cool thing about a sea lion presentation, maybe even compared to some other ones, is that you know, things don't always go right and there's nothing wrong with letting the crowd in on it. And yeah. once they knew that Neptune was just doing this and doing his own thing, they, the, the, the cheers, everyone started cheering for exactly. him. Exactly. Live animal show, right? Yeah. Everybody can relate to it. Everybody has kids or pets and, or just themselves. Like things don't always go according to plan and live animal shows are the best at that. Yeah. They're and a live best. animal. They're just like, Oh, nope. I will. We can't force them to do anything. They're not machines. Right. So we ask them to do stuff. We try to make it as reinforcing as possible. They want to do it. They do it. If they don't, they don't. Yeah. That's the, we're at the mercy. That's, that's the best part about, you know, I think uh, any type of sea lion presentation, especially the one that's here is that the audience is in on it and they oh, get yeah. to, to, to get to know these animals on a very, on a very personal level, which I think really helps that helps that connection. There are so many unique and exciting careers here at Georgia Aquarium, and not all of them require you to wear a wetsuit every day. I'm here with Christina Robinson, our Chief Financial Officer, to tell us a little bit more about how she found herself working at the largest aquarium in the Western Hemisphere. Christina, welcome. Hi, how are you? Doing well, thank you so much. So can you kind of give our, our listeners a little, um, you know, a kind of little behind the scenes on how you sure. got to be here at the aquarium and, and honestly what you, what you get to do every day? Absolutely. I'd love to. But I do get to wear a wetsuit sometimes. I am scuba certified and I'm the Christmas elf sometimes in, uh, during the Christmas season. So I started at Georgia Aquarium about eight years ago. Um, I had been working large telecom for 14 or 15 years. And I decided I wanted to do something that's a little more mission-based. Um, I have an undergraduate degree in accounting from West Virginia University. Go Mountaineers. And I have my MBA um, from Arizona State. So I I wanted to do something that was a little more mission-based, something that really kind of fit in with my personal um, things that I like to do. And so I've been a water baby my whole life. Um, I really love aquatic animals, and so I started looking around, and Georgia Aquarium really fit that bill for me. Very cool. So you heard it here first, folks, a scuba-certified CFO. That's pretty cool. <laughs> so, Christina, take us kind of through your, your day-to-day. What is a, a, a day in the life of the Georgia Aquarium CFO like? For sure. So I have several teams. I have the accounting and finance team. We have the information technology team and the purchasing and receiving team. And those teams are all responsible for supporting all of the other groups within Georgia Aquarium. We're kind of the behind the scenes folks. We're gathering all the data from the operations and making sure that we are able to report that back out so people can make good decisions for the future. As a nonprofit, we have to make sure that um, we're using the funds in the best way 
to support our mission. And so my team's responsible for providing those reports and getting that information out. We also want to make sure that for years to come, we can do new exhibits and be able to fund new and exciting animals and kind of give back to the city every five years like Bernie wanted us to do. That's very cool. And that's an extremely important part. Without that, none of this would be here. We wouldn't be here. Uh, So we definitely do appreciate what you and and your team do. So with all of that being said, this is the coolest and largest aquarium in the Western Hemisphere. Do you ever get a chance just to to get out and walk around? And when you do, where can we find Christina Robinson if she's just walking (laughs) around the aquarium? So you can probably find me sitting in front of the big window for Ocean Voyager. I love to maybe sometimes sit there and have lunch. I like to go check out the sea dragons. Those things are super cool looking and I love to to sit and check those out. But I also like to dive anytime I get um, into Ocean Voyager and, and be able to immerse myself in there and experience some of those animals up close. That's very cool. So for all you listening at home, you heard it here first, once again. As a CFO at Georgia Aquarium, you can jump into the largest <laughs> habitat in the Western Hemisphere, 6.3 million gallons anytime you want. That's pretty cool. Christina, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Um, so, okay, even more of a, if you think it's possible, folks, it is, even more of a dramatic type of scenario and rescue story is Hunter. Yeah. Um, you want to go into Hunter's story a little bit. This one is even a little bit more involved than, than Neptune's. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to have you help me out on this because you went out and got him, so you know his story quite a bit. But correct me if I'm wrong, but his original name, whereas Neptune's was Cletus, uh, Hunter's original name was Mimi. Yeah, it was right? Mimi. Because yeah. they thought he was a female. Yeah. He's a very long, slender male sea lion, but he's also young. Yeah. So Mimi. Yeah. So, okay. You're going to have to correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure. So he came in, rescued, rehabilitated, released, came in, rescued, rehabilitated, and released. And then they're taking some sea lions out for release on a boat up in, uh, out in California, right? Mm-hmm. Taking them out for release on a boat, let the sea lion go. And then all of a sudden this other sea lion jumped on the boat. And just stayed and wouldn't leave, right? That's exactly and so, it. So Hunter's like, no, nah, I'm good out here. There's sharks. There's not a whole lot of food. All these other guys are jerks. Like, they keep picking on me. Um, I keep hiding under boats from all these other things. There's killer whales. There's disease. There's nets. Nah, I'm good. And he jumped on the boat and just rode back on the boat, the rescue boat, all the way back. And like, hmm. I'm pretty sure this guy's going to be non-releasable. That's, <laughs> it seems like he's pretty imprinted. That's, that's exactly. I mean, just imagine you're, you're going out to release other sea lions in a sea lion that you know as Mimi yeah. that you've seen two to possibly three times before just jumps on the boat. It, <laughs> he it, rescued himself. He did. He yeah. rescued himself. Yeah. That is, that is like, the amazing story of... Mimi, who is now known as uh, Hunter. Hunter. Thank goodness for that. It's a much better name. Yeah, yeah, it is. Even though he wasn't a very good hunter. (laughs) He he wasn't a very good hunter. (laughs) But it's like Huntington Beach around there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so he got named after that. Yeah, yeah. He's like, this. get me back to the domestic life, please. This this wild is uh, a bit too wild. And what they, I guess what they, uh, what they found with him, too, once they, yeah, because he did. He rode back on the boat without jumping off, uh, and uh, I believe. And they go, like, five miles out or yes. something like that, right? Yes. They, they go far out there. So this is a, a wild sea lion pup, jumps on the boat, and just rides it back because he knows on this boat he's going to go be able to eat again. Yeah, eat, be cared for, yeah. not and worry about like, all those other things. According to the story, when I went out there uh, to, 
to go meet him for the first time to bring him back to Atlanta. From from what they told me is that the <laughs> they released the other ones, so they had open kennels, and he walked himself right into the kennel He's and good. just chilled. It was yeah. like the first time he'd had rest. It sounds yeah, sounds like Jupiter. Yeah, it just love that kennel. He's like oh, nice and safe in here. Yeah, and uh, but what they also found too when they got him back was that uh, not only had he potentially ingested uh, hooks. That's right. But he was also, I think, hooked twice. Yeah. Uh, one was kind of in the lower lower right corner of his mouth, and the other one was kind of uh, up through the upper part of his yeah. muzzle. And he also had boat propeller wounds around his belly and his hind end, so it seemed like he was, like, crowding around boats and following boats, and, yeah, he was just trying to get around people. Yeah, pretty unbelievable. Yeah, so, and it's also, it's also good to mention, like, rescue facilities don't want that, right? They're out there to release animals, which is great, and... What, the, what, what can he do? Right. What can he do? This guy's like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm good. And it's kind of funny. When he came back, he still had this behavior like, you remember this. Like, you'd do a session with him. You'd work with him. Um, you'd be teaching him some stuff. And then you'd go to leave and he'd be like, nah, you can't leave. And he'd come up and he'd just put his back flippers on you and just grab you, right? He'd be like, nah, nah, where are you going? Where are you going? <laughs> He's like, stay here with me. Like, he, he, loves, he loves us. Yeah. Just as yeah. much as we love him. He, I like um, to think so, at least. You know, uh, the, in the whole experience... Uh, for me of, of going out to get him was, you know, we, we flew from Atlanta to, to Laguna. We show up at Pacific Marine Mammal Center and we, we meet him. Um, and at the Pacific Marine Mammal Center, it's a converted uh, horse uh, complex, oh, I, wow. I believe. Okay. So yeah. the interior yeah, of, right. of this facility basically still has the structure of a gigantic horse barn that's just been modified. and Different you know, stalls and everything. Yeah, stalls yeah. and drains and uh, that Pools. kind of flooring. So he is in a, a very large you know, kind of stall area with outdoor access to, to a pool and things like that. Um, but he uh, was just kind of the, 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 the kind of the king in there. He was just, they said he run, ran the show and uh, all that kind of stuff. So he, he knew where he was and yeah. that, that was where he wanted oh, to be. Oh, he still tries to run the show too with all the other guys, but all the other guys are getting, like he's a little bit bigger, but now all the other guys are catching up. So... They give him a run for his money, but he definitely tries to. Now, also with Hunter, too, he had some eye damage. He had a pretty bad cataract mm. in uh, one of his eyes. So that's also an awesome thing. Like, when we were able to bring him here, saw the cataract. He got checked out by uh, um, by uh, our op- op- optometrist, and uh, we were able to do surgery on it and remove the cataract. Right. His eye's functioning now. He's in no more pain. Um, so, yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, for those that don't know, a, a, a very big kind of a – Species-specific ailment, especially with with California sea lions having some of the larger uh, eyeballs there in the in the animal kingdom, is that uh, they they do suffer from eye issues. You know, it's a very it's almost a a, a chronic condition or a breed-specific style of of ailment there. So that that's not uncommon. And what's amazing is that over the years, you know, thanks to different zoological facilities, things like that, pinniped optometry. And you know, lens removal of sea lions is the success rate is really climbing up there. I mean, we're yeah. in the 90 percentile. It's yeah, amazing. We're learning a lot about it. Yep. Um, and for an animal to uh, like a sea lion, which has a dive reflex and things like that, for them to be able to, to be safely anesthetized, to have that surgery. I mean, I was there for Hunter's yeah. eye surgery. It's, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's very nerve wracking. Yep. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that, I remember just two days later, just coming, came right up and just looked right at you. He's like, Whoa! It's <laughs> yeah, like, this is yeah. what you look like. <laughs> yeah. Um, What's going on? I can yeah. see. There's no but uh, it's just it, it, over the years, having so many of those success stories with with the animals just receiving that top care is uh, is really really cool. And yeah, Hunter is very very cool sea lion. So I'm in I'm in Laguna uh, to to get him. It's it's 
um, me and I believe a vet staff member was there. A member of our public relations team was also joining us. And, um, yeah, it was just, it was wild, man. He walked right into his, into his kennel the morning of the trip. Um, and that kennel was put onto the back of a truck and we drove down, drove down the highway, Los Angeles, four o'clock in the morning. I'm like, this is nuts. I'm following a sea lion in a kennel on the back of a truck and there's LA. Yeah. It's just unreal. Um, and we arrive at the airport and of course he was a big hit. Everybody had to come check out the sea lion. Uh, and he was loaded up onto the plane. It was a a big transport uh, plane to kind of deliver packages, things like that. So I got to ride in the plane with the vet and hunter right there and you know it's just one of those moments you're like is this real here i am with overnight packages (laughs) i'm here with overnight packages a rescued sea lion and a vet yeah is 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 this real life yeah i made the proper life choices yeah i like where i'm at right now so we make a three and a half hour flight and he's just chill he's sleeping the whole time and then we had a a, (laughs) it kind of was a little nerve-wracking for a second we had an unscheduled layover in memphis to change planes so change the, planes or listen yeah. to some music no to change listen planes little, there was uh, Elvis? there was no, no music we no, were at this no massive <laughs> massive hub um of uh, you know transport boxes things like that and uh yeah so he was we, we deplaned and he was there with us and he was just chill he was just literally just checking everything out but i'll never forget where it's me the vet and hunter and then there is uh, some chickens next to us, mm. some crickets, okay, uh, some frogs headed for a laboratory somewhere. <laughs> and then there's, there's you know, Hunter. Just, just Hunter. Hunter. Just hanging out. Yeah. It's going to be about another hour and a half, and we'll get you back on the plane. So, yeah, we waited in the, uh, in the, in the animal hangar uh, for about an hour and a half before getting back on the plane to fly to Atlanta. And then, you know, you were here. I remember you met us, you know, right down as, yep. as we showed yep. up on yep. the truck. and. Wheeled him right down the hallway, and if I remember correctly, he left the kennel, which he hadn't left since Laguna Beach, walked right up the stairs to the once outdoor uh, sea lion area that we had um, there before the expansion. He just walked right up the stairs and started just... Jumped right in. Yeah, just plowing like, Give me food. that pool. Just, <laughs> oh, plowing the food, too. Just yeah. Eating. Just, yeah. I'm yeah. starving. It's been a long trip. Let's eat. And that's the... If you're an animal person um, or kind of new to, to this kind of world, the first sign of an animal that's, a, that's comfortable in its surroundings is an animal that eats. Oh, yeah. He's good. And this, this, this animal with his, with his street cred, you know, with his <laughs> adventurous personality, did not waste one second, did not care where he was. It, was. it was chow time. Yeah. And that's all he cared about. And, you know, it's been a very very positive story with him ever since, you know, and, and you have more experience, you know, well, obviously with, with him now over the past couple of years, how is he, how's he doing? He's doing great. You know, uh, all of our rescues are doing great. They're, they're able to serve as ambassadors to their species, right? We're in Atlanta, which is kind of a landlocked area. So to be able to bring these guys like right up close to everybody, uh, <clears throat> and, and teach them about it is great. Right. And he's part of that. He's part of that crew. He's doing presentations. He's doing encounter programs. Uh, he's doing research. He's doing husbandry. He's doing everything. He's teaching people about animals. It's great. He's doing good. Neptune, Scout, Beck, Jupiter. Yeah. They're all part of the crew. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, speaking of part of the crew, I think some, some listeners out there who were, who were fan of the animal planet show, the aquarium probably be pretty upset if I don't bring up the little, the little starlet, if you will, known as Scarlet. Oh, Scarlet. How is Scarlet, Scarlet doing? Scarlet the Scarlet. Yeah. Scarlet the Scarlet. Scarlet the Scarlet. I like what you yeah. did there. That little, was good. Yeah, a little superstar. That was good. Yeah. Oh, she's doing? doing great. Yeah. yeah, she's doing great. Yeah, Scarlet was born here. Was she going to turn four? Five? She's going to turn five here soon? Wow. Yeah. 
Yeah, she's doing great. That's she's awesome. doing programs. She's doing shows. She's participating in her own healthcare, all her husbandry. She's great. That's awesome. Yeah, she's doing absolutely awesome. I never got a chance to really, you know, she was a pup the whole time. You know, the, the, my she's time. She's still had, kind of a pup. She's always going to be our pup. Yeah. She'll awesome. probably be like 20 years old and still be our pup. <laughs> I'll never forget, too. She was, believe it or not, even with 10 years under my belt with, with sea lions at the time, um, she was the first uh, birth I ever witnessed. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And yeah. I remember she she popped out uh, head first. And I, I'm like, this is the weirdest thing ever. Remember, she started vocalizing before she was even fully out of the birth canal. Oh, yeah. She just She's like, here we go. <laughs> just popped her head out and started barking. I'm like, I don't know if this is normal what or is not. What is happening? <laughs> but it was really, yeah. it was cool, man. Yeah, she, baby sea lions are hilarious. Their little flippers don't really move, but they're trying to walk. Like, they're already goofy animals, right? Like we were talking about. But, yeah, the baby ones are even goofier. That's awesome. They have no coordination until they start getting it. Yeah. First time when she jumped into a pool, how do I do this? We had to help her a little bit, but then she figured it out pretty quick. That's awesome. Well, good. And, yeah, folks, if you're if you're out there listening and want to come visit these incredible animals, uh, Andy, where can they find you? Where can they find the sea lion team as they're exploring the aquarium? Uh, well, we have Pier 225. That's where we do our sea lion presentation. Uh, so you can come uh, during uh, peak season. We'll do seven a day, uh, seven presentations a day, and then uh, five uh, in slower seasons and stuff like that. And then you can also sign up to do an encounter program where you actually get to meet these guys really up close. You get to hug them. You get kisses from them. Uh, you get to pet them, learn all about them, uh, learn how we teach them, be able to ask them some things yourself. Um, so, yeah, there, there's quite a few programs you can do to check them out. That's awesome. Andy, buddy, thank you so much for joining me, sir. It was my pleasure. This was a lot Thanks of fun. Thanks for having me. A little trip down memory lane, too. Yeah, it's great. Always get to talk about sea lions. I love it. So very special thank you to Andy for joining us here today. And folks, be sure to tune in to our next episode, where we'll be joined by a guest who will be taking us into our most dangerous gallery and sharing what it's like to work alongside the ocean's top apex predators. We'll see you in the next episode, guys. Stay tuned. Life Below the Surface is presented by Carriage Kia in Woodstock. Carriage is the official car dealership of Georgia Aquarium and Georgia's leading Kia dealer. Service, community, and education are hallmarks of Carriage Kia in Woodstock. When it's time for you to lease or purchase your new vehicle, we hope you'll consider Carriage Kia in Woodstock. Check them out 24-7 at carriagekiawoodstock.com. If you're hearing this message, you've listened to the entire episode. And for that, we thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Life Below the Surface. If you did, please leave us a review and share this episode with your friends. Also, please tell us which topics you would like us to cover in future episodes. Send us a message in the comments or on any of Georgia Aquarium's social media channels. See you in the next episode.